shall bestow a gift on the child. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she will fall into a sleep like death. Curious little beastie. Bring her to me. I know you're there. Don't be afraid. I am not afraid. Then come out. Then you'll be afraid. All the other fairies fly. And why don't you? I had wings once. They were strong. But they were stolen from me. There is evil in this world. Hatred. And revenge. who live in the shadows. Fight with me now! Is it true? Are you Maleficent? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church in the Valley. If you haven't guessed it yet, we're going to be talking about movies. We usually don't start our services with doing a trailer each week. Uh, This is actually a special thing we're doing for the next five weeks uh, for the series that we're launching officially today called Box Office Wisdom. And last week was kind of an intro to the series, and we talked about the importance of actually uh, taking in the media and viewing media with really an idea of how to filter it through what reality is and what truth is. And for our time, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at how to filter the ideas that we see in movies and the themes compared to what the scriptures have to say. And it should be actually a a fun and interesting time as we do this, but it's something that is actually required of all of us as we encounter different ideas, as we encounter different things, especially for those who follow Christ. It's really important to know is the thing that I'm getting into my head, the thing that I'm being presented, does this actually match what God has to say about how life really works? And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the summer releases that Hollywood is putting out there, and we're pulling out the themes of these movies and not necessarily endorsing the movie or talking about every part of the plot, but really look at what are the general themes presented in the movie and What does the Bible have to say about that? So we're really glad that you're here. Uh, The movie that you just saw the trailer for was Maleficent. And it's really this big picture view of Sleeping Beauty. It's kind of the Sleeping Beauty story through the angle of the evil Maleficent and kind of her view of of what's happened and why she is the way that she is. And uh, in this movie, there's actually uh, quite a bit of themes that you can pull out. Things like loss and hurt and anger and revenge All these things which are true to the human condition, things that we experience, things that we feel, things that we have to to deal with. And good movies actually do that. They present things that we have experience for and they, they tug on us and they pull at us because 
in our life, we've experienced similar things. Now, you may look at that and say, well, I haven't flown with wings and there can be a disconnect. But as you get past the special effects, you actually can see a lot of the human struggle uh, in this film. Angelina Jolie uh, gave a summary statement on this film that I think is good for kind of to set the table for what we're going to be talking about today. And she said this, she says, it's about the struggle that people have with their own humanity that destroys and kind of makes us die inside. And so discussing the, the struggle of, of humanity, the different things that we experience and the things that based on the choices that we make, once we experience those things that can kind of cause us to actually to die, to experience loss. And despite all those themes I mentioned, the loss, hurt, the anger, the regret, the revenge, what I want to talk about today is the idea of bitterness. And I think that this movie, out of all the themes, that's the one that you can see played out the most. This idea of bitterness and what does bitterness do? And it's not just related to the character of Maleficent, but there's other characters in the story that experience bitterness because of the evil that's done to them. Bitterness that's experienced because of what's happening around them. And this idea of bitterness is something that we too experience. And it's very important for all of us to know what, what's God's view on how do we deal with bitterness. And so we're going to talk about that for the message this morning. Uh, if you're like me, bitterness is something that you may experience mostly when you're talking about food. And have you ever had those salads that there's like the good lettuce and then there's the, there's the bitter lettuce? And I'm always thinking like, what's the weed doing in my salad? Like, how did that bitter weed get in there? And it looks just like this terrible piece of lettuce. And some people like that. But for me, it's just that bitter taste. And I just want to spit it out. I don't enjoy it. I don't know why it's edible, but it ends up in my salads. And we have bitter, you know, as we eat lemon, as we eat lime. But really, there's more than bitterness than, than just food. It's actually uh, something that, that we experience in the scriptures to really define bitterness is not something that we just experience on the outside, but something we experience on the inside. There's this idea of it's, it's something that's bitter, that's a root that actually grows. And as it grows, it can cause real problems. So bitterness, I want to define it so we're all on the same page. Bitterness is a fixed, intense, painful, and resentful animosity towards someone. It's more than just a feeling. It can start with maybe a feeling that we have related to just this experience that someone has caused for us, but it's something that actually plays out on the inside of us, at the core of us, just like a root, and it just can drive us to severe animosity, to ill will, and it can actually, like Angelina said, it can cause to us to experience death on the inside. And as we experience that death and as it rots us out, it plays out in our relationships, it plays out in all of our life. And so bitterness is something that we actually have to learn to deal with. And the good news is the Bible's not mute on this and God himself doesn't leave us to try to figure out how to deal with these feelings that we have. We actually have the help. And that's the good news with the scriptures. And that's the good news as we walk with God. The things that we face and experience in life, we are not alone. The key is we have to connect to him. And as we do that, we actually get the help that we need to overcome these things that, that we face, all of us. And so I just want to talk a little bit about the danger of bitterness and then talk about the resolution that, that God provides for us. So major problems occur when bitterness gets into our system. There's a verse in Hebrews that 
really defines this well. And it says this in Hebrews 12. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So right there, you see this picture of two dichotomies that exist. There's this idea of the grace of God that he's given us which is unmerited favor. We haven't deserved his grace, but he's given to us. And then there's this thing of bitterness. There's this bitter root, which causes trouble and defiles many. Again, it's that idea of it it destroys. Anything it touches, it destroys. And so right there, you get this picture. The grace of God can free us from bitterness. But if we hold on to the roots of bitterness, it destroys us. So I want you to keep that in the back of your head. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Just as a, a, a kind of a, a big picture overview, I want to just walk through where, where bitterness comes from. Because it doesn't just appear. It's not all of a sudden you and somebody are having a good relationship and all of a sudden you're bitter towards them. It's not just something that, you know, you, you snap on, or you clap on, you clap off. It's something that happens that kind of causes us to get to this point. So I want to show this progression because as you see the progression of how bitterness begins, it allows us to catch where the roots begin to plant in us. Just like anything, as you plant, you have to dig it into the soil. And as you dig it into the soil, the roots spread and it grows. And it's the same thing with bitterness. Things happen that cause it to drive further into us that can cause pain for us. And so this is how it starts. Usually it starts with injury. This is where the root comes from. Injury. Some sort of thing that was happened to you that's caused injury. It's not necessarily physical. It could be emotional. Uh, It could be just somebody has said something to you, somebody has done something to you, and it's caused injury. And it can be great things, and it can be small things. Bitterness actually can crop up in many different scenarios. It's not just trauma. It can happen in you're making breakfast, your spouse is making breakfast, your spouse says something rude to you, you feel injured by what they said, and it leads to other things. After you get injured by something that someone said or has done to you, it oftentimes leads to hurt. They injured you, and then you feel the sting of it. That's the hurt. Why did they say that? Why'd they do that? Why'd they say it like that? Do I not exist to them? Do I not matter to them? And these things we start playing out in our mind. And this injury you see played out in this movie. You see that again and again. People that are injured and hurt, and then from that crops up this bitter root. A hurt oftentimes leads to, to anger this ill will that you have towards the person that has hurt you and injured you. And from that anger, you begin to lose all sense of how to treat this person rightly because of what they have done to you. It's the idea of what you've done to me, I'm going to do to you. And the progression continues. So we get injured, we get hurt. It leads to anger. And anger, a lot of times when it's related to bitterness, it's, it's it's, it's within us. And we may not have said anything or done anything, but in our mind, we've written somebody off. That's how the anger comes. I've written you off. How dare you do that to me? How dare you treat me like that? And sometimes the anger can come out like that. Uh, That leads to resentment. Resentment is is very deep-seated. If you resent somebody, it's something that's been kind of boiling under the surface for a long time. When you resent somebody, usually you've been thinking about the wrong that they've done for a long period. And it's just this building and building and you kind of are stacking up this case for the wrongs and the injury and the hurt and the anger. All these things that that they have, have caused you. 
And this hurt and resentment amplifies. It's like you're playing a CD and the CD replays all the hurt and you press play. You press play and you press play and you're just repaying. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. The bad that they've done, the way that they've injured you, the way they've hurt you. And that's how resentment plays out. It's like the song is being played of all the hurt and you can't stop it. That's resentment. There's no mute. It just keeps playing again and again and again and again. The resentment builds. And then finally, that actually leads to bitterness. And you see the stake that the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, see that no one misses the grace of God. There's this picture of when you go into the realm of bitterness, which flowed out of this resentment, which flowed out of this anger, which flowed out of this hurt, which flowed out of this injury. When you get to this bitterness point, it's very easy to cut God out of your life. You try to think through how you're going to get through this by yourself. You cut God out. How can he exist? How can he exist and all this pain that I've experienced be real? How can he exist and my relationships are just all messed up? How can he exist and just nothing seems to go as I plan? And so oftentimes as we get to the bitterness, it's not just bitterness towards people. We can actually become bitter towards God. And we can miss the grace of God. There's this idea of we miss it by what we focus on. We don't focus on how God wants to help and solve what we experience. We, we focus on how I'm going to do it by myself. And that's how the root of bitterness, again, just spreads and grows up and grows up and grows bigger and bigger. And this can actually define a life. When bitterness takes full root, it can define who you are. I was watching Winnie the Pooh with my, my kids recently, and Eeyore is in that show. Now, I don't know much about Eeyore and the backstory of why Eeyore is the way he is. But bro's had some problems, it seems like, in his life. Because I was explaining to my kids, because I was thinking, like, my kids are just listening to him, and his attitude is really terrible. It is. But, you know, I love it, because it's like, you grew up with Eeyore, and I was explaining to my kids, I was like, that's why you call people with a bad attitude Eeyores. He's the guy that it's marketing. So I was just, like, trying to connect the dots. They'd never even heard of that, so now I gave them a new idea. But... That was bad. But anyways, so I was explaining this character of Eeyore, and Eeyore's just walking around, well, sure, I'll help you. And you know, the poor guy's got his tail like pinned on. He's all jacked his life. It seems like it's messed up. Not to get too deep into Winnie the Pooh and everything. But there's some stuff happening with Eeyore. And I thought to myself, that's kind of this progression. You see that something's happened, and he gets to that point where he's acting a certain way. And you have different Eeyores that you relate to in your life. And oftentimes it's hard to cut them slack. And sometimes we have our own Eeyore attitude. It's just this idea of nothing's ever going to work out. Nothing's ever going to be solved. Nothing's ever going to get better. And you go extreme. And oftentimes if you, if you trace it back, there's something that's there. There's a bitterness that exists. There's a hurt. There's an injury that's not been given over to the God who can care and the God who helps. And it's at that point that we let it de- define us. It becomes who we are. And what happens is as bitterness grows, it chokes out all the other good things that God wants to grow. Just like another weed in a garden. garden. If you don't pull that weed, it's going to destroy the good grass, the good flowers, the good stuff. It's the same in life. Bitterness, it just chokes everything out. It's so dangerous. It just can't, it can't define us. Bitterness, it, it contaminates our relationships and it, and it robs us 
of joy. It contaminates and it robs us of joy. That's the idea of causes trouble and it defiles many. Oftentimes we think a thought that we have is just our own thought. It's ours. We're the owner of it. And if it's a bitter thought, resentful thought, an angry thought, it's ours. The thing is, though, it's not just yours. As you hold on to it and as you think about it and as you stew over it, that comes out and people experience it. It causes trouble and it can defile. It can cause problems for many. That's why we have to deal with it. We have to learn how to deal with it in the right way. Oftentimes what happens is if bitterness is not dealt with, over time we go usually two routes in our life. The first route is we become the victim and we have a victim mentality. That's this idea of why has all this happened to me? Uh, you, you're wondering, your life's spinning out of control, you, you have despair, and, and you give up trying to figure out how this is actually going to get better. It's a victim mentality. Why me? Why now? Why did this happen? That becomes what defines you. The other is, and this is what you see in the movie, there's this idea of revenge. I'm not going to be a victim, but I'm going to show you that what you did to me, you will never do again. And let's face it, like, the victim mentality, we can all relate to, but the revenge, that's what we pay to see movies based on. Right? The revenge is powerful because we're like, yes! Do not let them get away from it. Do not let them get away with that. And, and we just rise to this occasion of revenge. It just resonates with us because people get due. People get owed what they're due. Is that how you say that? Anyways, revenge. <laughs> That's what those moments were like, am I up here and am I talking to myself? Yes, I am. But revenge, it's, it's powerful and it resonates with us. But revenge... You know, you don't really see, like, sequels to revenge movies where you see kind of like, what's the state of their relationships now? What's the state of their marriage? How's Bruce Willis really doing? Right? You don't see that. Because we don't want to know that. We just want this, like, kill them up, kill everyone. It's going to be just this awful revenge fest. And we're like, that's awesome. But that's not how life works. Revenge doesn't solve anything. Revenge drives the bitterness further. Because you still miss the grace of God. And it will still cause trouble. And it will still defile many. That's the reality. Angel Angelina Jolie was talking about her, her real life experience. And the person interviewing her in that same quote that I mentioned earlier was asking, you know, is there any part of you that can relate to this Maleficent character? And that's like a, a pretty bold question for an interviewer that's trying to interview a superstar like, how are you like that awful, evil person? And she actually said something that I think we can all relate to. She says, I think you get to a point where you think, please don't make me angry. She's going to be in Hulk next. But please let me be. Please leave me alone. And then you go through a period of which we all have as people, you know, feeling hurt and feeling judged and feeling attacked. And there is that moment of, well, if you're going to call me evil, then I'm going to be evil. And watch how evil. I was thinking to myself, you know, she's probably faced so much pressure in her life and so many different people. 
But she's describing a real experience, this idea of, I've experienced hurt and judgment and pain. And if this is how you're going to define me, then this is who I'm going to become. And that's so true. If bitterness grows within you and the roots are not pulled out, you become a bitter person. And a victim mentality of revenge, that can end up defining your life. And none of us would choose that life. But what happens is if we actually don't choose to fight against that and to believe the truth, that is what we can all become as we're hurt. The good news is God gives us a way of how He can turn the hurt that we experience into something that actually can help us. And it's counterintuitive. But it's true. God can actually use it for our good. So I want to talk the rest of the time looking at what does God do for us that can actually help us overcome the injury and the hurt and the anger, the resentment and the bitterness that, that we all experience. And it's back to what the writer of Hebrews was saying. It's the grace of God. God's grace keeps bitterness out of our system. That's how the roots keep from penetrating. It's God's grace. And that's the idea of see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Grace is the target that we should focus on. Grace is what we should keep our attention on. Grace is the hope that we have. Why? Well, in Ephesians 2, it says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The idea of grace is we all need it. Because we've all done things to hurt others. We've all done things to mess up people's lives. We've all done things that we've thought the wrong things. And it's this idea of we've all sinned. And there's nothing that we can do that can make us right with God. We owe a great debt to God. He's made us, and He can define how our life should be. But because of sin, we say we want to define it. We want it our own way. We want to value the things that we value. And God's here saying, well, wait a second. I made you. This is how life is supposed to look. This is You're supposed to follow me. And that's what sin is. It's rebellion. We go against God in His ways. We go against God in His values. And so the very thought of bitterness and all the things that can choke out the good things stem from this idea of without the grace of God, we actually do not have hope because it's the grace of God that connects us back to God. And as we're connecting back to God, we have an answer to the problems that we experience. We have an answer and the help and the hope to the hurt and the pain that we all experience. God himself and his grace doesn't count what we've done against us, but because of Jesus Christ and the debt that was paid on the cross, we actually can overcome Bad decisions, bad choices, bad relationships, bad experiences that we've done and that people have done to us. That's the good news of the scriptures through Jesus. Bitterness, revenge, being a victim, it doesn't define us. It's not by good works. That's the grace of God. Here's the key. To deal with the hurt and pain that we've experienced in our life, we have to keep going back to the grace of God. And more importantly, we have to keep going back to God Himself. We cannot deal with bitterness rightly without God. That's why Christianity is so crucial for all of humanity. 
Because it is the answer. God is the answer. He is who can pull those roots out. By the grace of God, allow them to not repenetrate our lives. That's the grace of God. And it's the grace of God that allows us to keep connected to the one who's forgiven us. And from the forgiveness that he's given to us, despite what we've done, we can forgive others. So the grace of God, that, that's the key to dealing with bitterness and to pulling the roots out. It's the grace of God. So how does that translate into how we can respond? What do we do with the grace of God? Well, once you've decided to follow Christ and to do life His way, you're basically saying, you know, God, you call the shots. You're the boss of my life. So what you say, I'm going to do. What you think, I need to think. What you value, I need to value. And you begin to, over time, you really begin to adopt living a life as God has defined it in the Scriptures. And as you do that, you actually can get a new response to hurt. And it's still a battle. Even when we're injured and we're hurt, it's still a battle, even with the grace of God. But because of it, because of the grace, we're not defined by what's happening to us. We're defined by the one who's made us. And that, that's, that's the difference. So how does the grace of God help us? Well, it helps us as we develop the right responses. And there's three things I just want to walk through. The first is, the grace of God allows us to let whatever we've experienced, we can let it go for our own good. And we can forgive. Last week, if you hear, we talked about the song, Let It Go. And Let It Go, the song from Frozen, is really talking about just let it go. Be who you are. Be who you're made to be. The real truth of letting it go is you actually have to let it go as it relates to what people have done to you. Forgiveness. That's what forgiveness is. You let it go. Now, it doesn't mean that you forget. There's things that are going to happen to you that you will never forget. You can't just erase it. But forgiveness is, I will not hold this against you. I'm not going to keep playing the CD in front of you or within myself. I'm going to battle. I'm going to forgive because that is what God has done to me. That's his grace. Ephesians 4 says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's like a deep, like revengeful anger. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We don't forgive because we're good people. We forgive because God has forgiven us. He again is the reference point. The grace he's given us is the solution. We can be kind and compassionate because God will take care of us. We can forgive and let it go because God will take care of us. So there's no point in which we deal with bitterness that we can fully pull out all the roots without God's help. We need his help desperately. And that's what it means to to let it Oh, and this, this forgiveness can happen in broken friendships. This can happen in work relationships where there's just an environment of bitterness and there's just something wrong that's done and no, there's been no forgiveness and you can see it. As long as it is on you, you, you have to choose that forgiveness. In marriages, it's the same. In family, in, in all the different spheres of relationships, forgiveness is the thing that allows the grace of God to begin moving again. 
because the bitterness root gets the bitter root gets pulled out. So as we talk about forgiveness, there's really two parts of this. I've already kind of described part of the process, but there's the decisional aspect of forgiveness, which is I decide to forgive the hurt and the injury that they've caused because God has told me to. He's commanded me. That's what I read in Ephesians 4. He's commanded me to forgive, and so I will decide to do it. It's a decision. The second, there's the emotional decision that you make. And it's every time you want to play that CD again of the hurt and pain that they've caused you, you make the decision, you know, God, I really want to replay this hurt. It's still so painful and I still feel the sting. But God, help me to press stop. And over time, as you battle in your emotions and the feelings that come up, what you find is over time, those feelings become less and less strong. And for some people, based on the hurt, it can take years. It's kind of like an accordion. The bigger the hurt, the more stretched out the accordion is. It's going to take longer to compress it again. But over time, God heals and God mends. So that's the emotions. This idea of I'm going to work through this. I'm going to continue to give this to God as it replays in my mind. As the thoughts come again of my, my hurt and my pain and my anger and my resentment, I'm going to keep giving that over to God. God, help me to forgive completely. God, this still hurts. This still stings. But God, will you help me not to hold this against them? And why? Because God doesn't hold it against us, despite what we've done as we've rebelled against him. So the grace of God helps us as we make the decision, and God's grace helps us as we work through it emotionally. Uh, The second thing is how we can respond is we can... We need to make it a habit to follow Jesus' example. Um, as Jesus paid the debt for our sin on the cross, and as he lived life again and again, as people came against him, he did not retaliate. He did not embark revenge. He submitted, and he entrusted himself to God. Check this out in First Peter. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered... He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Now here's the thing. With the Son of God, Jesus Christ, as they were insulting him, they, they weren't true. He had not sinned. He had not done any wrong. When they were coming against him, he could have retaliated. But his model is one that you you give yourself over to God. God, this pain that I've experienced, this hurt that I've experienced, I don't know how to deal with. And there's a part of me, I want to chicken choke the person. You ever felt like that? I just want to take them out. They're making me mad. They're making me angry. But your example, Jesus, you did not retaliate. But instead, you trusted yourself to the one God who judges justly. There's this idea of, I'm not going to be God's justice department on this earth deciding who's punished, who's not punished. That's, that's up to God. He deals with that. And he can do it perfectly because he's God. So that's what happens when we follow Jesus' example. We can learn. We don't, we don't have to retaliate. We don't have to insult. We don't have to embark on revenge. We don't have to be a victim because Jesus wasn't. And through his model and example, we don't have to either the third 
And this is, this is difficult. But this is true as we deal with bitterness. Is we need to give God time to make it good for us. There's things that we experience that it may not be like, yep, that was really good. And you may live your whole life never understanding why that was good. But there's this thing of, it may never be good, but God can use it. God can allow good things to happen that flow out of trusting Him. And that trust that you gave to Him came from this terrible thing. The story of Joseph in the Bible is this for me. So many things happened to Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. As a slave, he was a faithful servant. And he was accused of rape falsely. He was thrown in jail. In jail, he began to be faithful. And he got status in jail. And he became a leader in jail. And then throughout his life, all these things happened where he was faithful to God no matter what was done to him. And God began promoting him and promoting him and promoting him. And he was like number two in the country of Egypt. And you, you can't really write this. You can't make this stuff up. And he got to a point where he was in charge of food distribution for this famine that he had. And the brothers that sold him into slavery came and were begging for food so their family could survive. And they realized that this person in charge of their fate, of their entire family, was the very brother that they put in jail or that they sold into slavery that could have just died. And he said this statement, which I think defines this response of how God over time, as we follow Him and as we trust in Him, He allows things to happen that we could not manufacture by ourselves. And this is what He said to His brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So you meant this for harm, but God's using it for good. Only God can do that. Only God can take these terrible things, just from Joseph's own life and the things that we've experienced, only God can take that and actually grow something out of it that should never be able to grow. And that's the grace of God. Our own inputs create our own outputs. But God inputs create something that we cannot create. Their roots built on the grace of God, not on bitterness. And instead of these weeds that grow that choke out all the other living things, we actually have this thing of righteousness built on the grace of God that is refreshing to our life, that's refreshing to others. And that's the difference that God makes. As we work this through and as we trust God, He takes those things that we experience and He can actually make it good. So that's the Bible's view of, of bitterness and pain and anger. And I just want to encourage you, you have to keep check on this stuff. You know those, those kind of parts of you in a relationship that you have with somebody and you realize that there's something there. There's, some, there's just a problem. There's this tension. There's just something that you're just not really on the same page. And it could be because of something they've done to you or it could be because of something that you've done to them. There's this idea that just something is not right. Here at Church in the Valley, we have the hard attitudes, which are practical statements that we say, this is how we are going to treat each other. And one of them is to clear up, to clear up relationships. And clearing up relationships means if something is messed up, we're going to clean it up. If something's not right 
because of what I've done or what I've said, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And if I've done something, I'm not going to just wait to do that. I'm going to take the initiative. And so I want to encourage you, just take an inventory of your own life. Are there some bitter roots that you can see that are, that are growing? Are there some things that are there that you've not really addressed? And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you today, decide that first. If you decide to follow him, he will allow you to let go of these things. But it's only as you follow him that that can happen. So I want to encourage you, begin with your relationship with Jesus first. If you've never committed your life to follow Jesus as the boss of your life, I want to encourage you on your connection card, if you pull that out, everyone pull that out right now as I'm wrapping up. You can mark on there, uh, you're interested in learning about beginning a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never done that, I invite you to mark that today. And we'd love to walk with you through that, what, what that means. And we can send you some materials that will help you with that. Uh, for the rest of you, there are some other next steps that I want to encourage you to take as I wrap up the message. The band's going to come up and we're going to be receiving our offering in a moment. Uh, once you finish completing that connection card that John had you begin to fill out, uh, you can drop that in the offering basket as that comes by. So here, here are some next steps. Memorize Hebrews 12, 15. Uh, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Okay. And that might be just something that you need to remember. Okay. This bitter root is going to cause trouble and it's going to defile. God, help me to focus on your grace. Uh, so you may want to memorize that if you don't have that in your head. Uh, the second is uh, pick one of those three ways I, I closed the, the message with. Pick one of those that you need to, to focus on. Maybe it's following Jesus' example. Uh, but just pick the one that just resonates with you. And decide that's what I need to do the next time I experience something that causes pain or hurt. And the last is want to invite you to attend the rest of the series. And so maybe you just need to decide, you know, I'm going to just come for the rest of this time. I don't know what else I can do in my life, but I will be here. And so that's great. And I invite you to come back. Uh, we're going to be spending uh, the rest of the time talking about themes such as uh, teachability. And that's all I can remember. Teamwork. So I got two, you know, just come. That's what's called a teaser coming up after the break. Okay, but let's pray and we're going to continue singing back to God. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy, which creates all the difference that we need. And I pray that none of us will miss it or focus on something like our own effort our own good works, or even our own pain. God, help us to fix our attention on you. And God, use the pressure and even the pain that we're experiencing to draw us to you. God, you don't want us to buckle under the pain. And you don't want our lives to be defined by revenge. So God, help us to, just in our deepest crevices of our mind and on the things that we think about others and the pain that we've experienced. God, help us today to hand that over to you and, and to forgive. We don't have the strength to do that by ourselves. We need you to help us. So God, help us to make the decision and then over time, help us to work through that within our emotions as well. So we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.